Welcome back to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Fast Five. It is June 26, 2020. We're taping at this at a different time than usual. It's late at night on a Thursday. I'm here as always with Ann Mazinga. Hello. And Emma, the intern. Hi, everyone. Emma, you're still live from Michigan and the cabin, right? Yes. And you're back in Minneapolis. We've got the famous what picture is now famous of, what is that, the New York skyline in the background that everyone has grown so accustomed to? I, I suppose so. I kind of like this Thursday night. This used to be the night in college where you, like, went out, you know? Emma, do people still go out in college on Thursday night? Thirsty Thursday. Thursday, of course. Thursday. That's right. <laughs> I Not love right it. now. <laughs> yeah. uh, or in some states. Or in some still states. Go- they definitely do. doing Thirsty Thursday, let me tell you. That's true. I have, I have huge COVID news, actually, you guys. Huge, oh, huge God. I am, I am officially getting a dog. No. Yep. I Say broke down. So. I, I broke down. The Mrs. Amitak came to me. I was working right. In, I was thinking I was writing an article and she comes in. She's like, I think we need a dog. You know, I'm not working. I got all the time to train it. It's summer. It's not, you know, the winter in Minneapolis, like it's dog time. And she had all, she was ready to go. She had this thing. And I was just like, no, you know what? You're good. Let's do this. You can get, let's get a dog. You can get a dog. It was that simple. It was was actually, it was that straightforward. You can ask her. Oh my God. It was that simple. You've grown soft during this quarantine. Well, you break down after years of someone asking you incessantly over and over. It's just, it's just the way it works. (laughs) Emma, you're a dog lover, right? I am. And what kind of dog do you have? I have a rat terrier chihuahua. And then I just told Anne, I just got a husky as well. You got another dog? I wow. know, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you are, you are. Chris, this is just a peak in the future. Before you know it, you're going to have this dog and another dog and maybe a third. If I this have... quarantine goes until 2021 or 2022, who knows? Yeah, I already have a five and seven year old boy at home, too. So, like, it's just a madhouse already. So, I don't know how we're going to survive, but Mrs. Army talk, hey, got to keep her happy. Gotta keep, gotta, gotta what keep are you getting? You didn't even tell. You didn't even I, tell the. I, I think we're getting something called, and I'm sure you, the listeners are. You like, definitely know what you're getting. Yes, we're getting a Bernie Doodle, whatever the hell that means. I don't. Bernie know. Sanders and a poodle. Yeah, and here's the here's the thing. We might actually name it Macy because, and this is legitimate. We actually literally might name it. It's that name is in the running. If you heard the news today, Macy's actually announced some huge, huge layoffs. You guys see the story? Rachel Sheckman of Story is now gone, according to Fortune and the fabulous Phil Waba, which is a great alliterative name to say. Uh, wow, huge news on that one. Late breaking. What do you guys think? I mean, not really surprising. I think I texted you guys. The quote was like, we are significantly downsizing our staff for the foreseeable future. Like, oh, yeah. No shock there. I mean, it makes sense. It's unfortunate. You feel for all the families of those those employees that are now going to be without a job. But I think this is just the beginning of what will be many, many department store downsizing and closures that we're going to see over the course of the next six months, to be honest. Yeah, it's just something bound to happen. Emma, we haven't talked much from your perspective on Macy's. Like, what what is your take on Macy's? Having worked in the malls and, and uh, you know, frequented those establishments quite often or been near a Macy's quite often. What is uh, what is your take here? 
I mean, I can't stand shopping at Macy's. There's just too much stuff. I'm not really a department store person. Yeah. However, in all the stores that I've worked in, when people come one. in, and, yeah, when people come in and ask for things that we don't have, they always just send them to Macy's. Right. Maybe it's Macy's always like they it. might have it, you know. Yeah, and I've told this story on the podcast before. I thought that was true too, and then I was like, I went in there. This was last March, I think, a year ago, and I was like, "Do you have any St. Patrick's Day clothing for kids?" And they're like, "What's St. Patrick's Day?" So you know, that gives you a sense. No, just, they didn't. I swear to God, on my life, that's a true story. So wow. it shows you just how far the Macy's, okay. uh, I think, brand has fallen. But you know, I think there's an interesting thing about this story. Just to put a cap on it, is I put out all the pieces on social media that I've written about Macy's over the last year. I think it's like five or six pieces. Yeah, you could see this coming. The writing was on the wall. And I think my new thing is like, as much as you want to blame coronavirus for this, while coronavirus is an issue, it is definitely not the story. Pun intended, if you follow us. But um, bum. Bum, bum. All right, let's get to the news, the headlines. There's a lot of great headlines this week. A lot of cool, like, here's how, here's what's coming next type of headlines. And not from the usual cast of characters either. We've got 7-Eleven. We've got some voice peppered in there. We've got online outlet shopping from a company you probably, some of you probably have never heard of, TJX. Snapchat hits hits our radar screen this week. I don't know, Anne. Have we ever done a Snapchat story before? For sure. We definitely have done Snap, like, tons of times. Have you we? start I having, like, short-term memory loss because you're so focused on your new dog. I, I feel like Snap is, like, so 2017, though. But anyway, we've got Instagram. And it's just showing you, I think, where the future of retail is headed. I think that's the key theme this week and that the future is not going to be the normal cast of characters. And just week to week, we're probably not going to feature the normal cast of characters because things are changing so significantly. All right, let's give a shout out to our sponsor. Our sponsor is, of course, Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. If interested and you want to learn more, visit takeoff.com. All right, should we get started here? Let's do it. All right, I think I have story number one. All right, I'm leading us off today. I don't usually do that, but all right. 7-Eleven made the announcement this week that they plan to pilot Siri Voice for contactless fuel payments at select stores in Florida, Texas, and Virginia. Customers can use the 7 Reward loyalty app on their phones and use Siri as well to pay for their gas. Customers who use this application by way of their mobile phones will save 11 cents a gallon on their first seven fill-ups at the pump at 7-Eleven and then three cents for every fill-up thereafter. They hope to fuel loyalty. In order to fuel loyalty discounts, they have to visit the, any of these participating locations and, of course, verify their phone number in the app. But it's that simple. It's touchless. You pull up and you pay with your voice. What do you think? I mean, it's not entirely touchless. You still have to put the pump into your car, right? Like, I'm not missing that part of it. So no, I don't, until I don't this think you're is like that part of going it. to full service, it's not completely contactless, but I do love it. I mean, this comes off the heels of Amazon and Exxon's announcement where, you know, in the next several years, they're going to make Alexa car voice, whatever it's called, uh, pay, <laughs> yeah, right. pay in all, in all the Exxon mobile gas stations across the country. 
But what I love about this one with 7-Eleven, did you guys know that Apple's not participating in this? 7-Eleven is just going straight up gangster and they're just like, yeah, we're going to dig into it. Siri voice, we'll, we'll put that into action. It's using the shortcuts app on the phone. So you yeah, just, see what happens, right? Yeah. It's, I don't know if you guys have used shortcuts yet either, but that's pretty slick. I didn't even realize that was a thing, but it's as simple as saying, Siri, pay for my gas. And next thing you know, it's going to, you know, have you completely paid for you tell them how much money you want to uh, put into your tank and you drive away and go. So I love it. Kudos to 7-Eleven. You guys are, I just love them. They're smart. 7-Eleven might be, 7-Eleven definitely shortlist of most innovative retailer. Yeah. Who who wants to wait, you know, two weeks for Apple's permission to be doing something like you guys just go figure it out. You submit it. Way to go. So I yeah. think it's, I think it's cool. Emma, would you have liked this on your road trip from Minneapolis to Michigan? Oh, I was just going to say going from New York to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Grand Forks to Grand Forks to Michigan to all over the place. The number of gas pumps and buttons that I've touched, is just nauseating. <laughs> and if I just, just hold all of these drives, I've been like, why can I not pay with Apple pay? Like, I know I still have to pull the pump, but why do I have to touch the buttons? They're grimy. Like it can't be that hard to figure out. The other part of this I love too, which actually I'm surprised Ann, you didn't mention this being native to Minnesota. It's freaking cold. Like the less time I can spend outside of my car, the better. Like I'm with Emma. Like, why can't I use Apple? You know, Apple Pay, you can't use almost anywhere. And like this totally helps me with that. Uh, yeah, you still got to touch the pump too. But I think there's a lot of offshoots for this. I talked about this at Nax too. I think when you look at voice, when you look at, um, ultrasonic uh, radio technology too, in terms of how that can transmit payments where you might not even have to touch your phone to activate this in the long run. You just pull up, you say what you want. I also like it. If you start thinking about like, I'm on my way home, I've had a bad day. I need a six pack. Hey phone, give me a six pack. And then, you know, I'm going to pull up and I'm just going to pay for my gas. And who knows, maybe we see a world back where, you know, there's actually attendance outside as opposed to inside in some places, helping facilitate pickup transactions, pumping the gas, especially under COVID. So there's not the contact that we're used to having with the pump itself. Like, I just think it's really cool. And, you know, 7-Eleven, they were doing scan and go mobile payments for hospitals about a month ago. Now they're trying voice. Like, these guys just try a ton and a ton of stuff. And it's, I just think it's super sweet. I love it. Yeah. Way to go. 7-Eleven. Keep us, Our, keep it interesting. Keep it, keep it going. 7-Eleven 24 seven. All right. Go for it. And number two. All right. Our next story. Uh, I actually looked up the pronunciation just because in Minnesota, we used to call this Tanger outlets, uh, but it is actually pronounced Tanger as in rhymes with hanger for Steve hanger. One of the founders of Tanger outlet centers. Really? So, yeah, it, I mean, look up the video. Steve Tanger's got a sweet, like, runway behind him talking about Tanger outlets. So, anyway, let's get to the story. Good to know. Yes. Tanger Factory Outlet Centers have launched a virtual shopping concierge service that allows shoppers to shop remotely for their favorite brands. Uh, so, imagine this, like, new online program. It provides a range of services from specific products to uh, customer styling. And it also, which I think is the coolest part, gives shoppers the ability to access Tanger's entire portfolio. So not just, you know, the, the 
Tanger Outlet Center that's you pass on your road trip to Grand Forks, Emma. But uh, whatever whatever Tanger Outlet exists in the country, you can shop their entire inventory through this new app. So I love this. Uh, I think this is really incredible. It is what I love the most about it, though, is that Tanger has some partnerships with Simon Malls. And I think that if this could work in the outlet center, fingers crossed that this could uh, be something that we might be able to see start to happen in some of the other malls around the country that Simon owns. A hundred percent. A hundred, no, a hundred percent. I think, I think it's important to talk talk a little bit and double click into how this works. It's similar to what you talked about with 7-Eleven. It's kind of a hack. Like basically you're browsing online, you're looking at what's, what, what even is available. And even that's hard to discern a hundred percent, but then you fill out a virtual form and you just tell what quote unquote is almost like a concierge. Hey, this is what I want. Right. And then I show up and I pick up that, I pick up that product. I try it out, see if it works for me. It's kind of like a, a Sam's club concierge shopping, you know, mashup with what we've talked about in terms of a, what is a mall based shopping front end. Maybe people are listening to OmniTalk. who knows, but like you're seeing to see, you're starting to see the merging of those two things happen. And it's cool to see people just saying, Hey, what the hell, let's figure out how to make this work. And yeah, I think that's a useful thing. Like to your point, like, especially the malls, the outlet malls out here, like it's kind of a drive too. So if you're going to make that track, you want to make sure they've got what you want and you know, Hey, get it set up for me, lay it out for me. Um, and that, I think that can work. Uh, Emma, what do you think? I think it's awesome. And you have the combination of when you look at the Tanger app, you get like the coupons for your specific center. So when you can combine, you know, yeah. the coupon and the exclusivity, and then just a little bit more tech and service to outlets, which are usually just a physical experience. I think that that's really awesome. Yeah. I think look out too. I started writing, I was actually writing this right before we started this. I think, look out. I think, I think this is a space for Shopify to start playing into. We've talked about all the Shopify partners, uh, you know, partnerships, excuse me, over the last few months and all the cool things they're doing. Like they could easily do something similar. Like where, Hey, look at all of our brands that are available at the mall of America, you know, and Hey, you want to check out these? They're not at the mall, but Hey, they're available here through our portal. Why don't you come check them out for yourselves through pickup? You can return them all from a consolidated point. There's a lot of mileage that could be driven from something like that. And it keeps it fresh, keeps it exciting. It's just more on the theme of, of what we've been talking about every each and every week. All right, Emma, I know this third story is near and dear to your heart, or at least Anne <laughs> told me that it was, but I'm curious yeah. to hear your take Emma on this Emma wrote one. about it on her blog, The Retail Edit, which everybody should check Ooh. out. Yes. Emma, what's the what's the URL now. for that? Retailedit.com? Dot com. Yep. It's Thank amazing. You. And I love the name. Okay, but let's get <laughs> let's let you get to the, your story. All right. So Snapchat has announced its first shoppable show called The Drop, which is going to sell limited edition streetwear from celebrities and designers. On each episode of The Drop, they'll explore the relationship between the designer and celebrity collaborator, and viewers, viewers will learn all about the exclusive product for sale. The product will then go up for sale on Snapchat via a swipe to buy action at an aforementioned time. I think this is so, so cool. Snapchat's audience is huge, especially for people my age. And I think marketers all know that Gen Z is one of the hardest generations to kind of really draw into a brand. So when you're, it's like a seamless combination of a huge social media platform, a new kind of entertaining content, kind of like a live stream sort of presence and an exclusive commerce appeal. I think that this is just a really cool way to just grab the attention of Gen Z Snapchatters because literally everyone has it. 
and then get them to actually buy something through a app that they usually wouldn't buy something through. So you're big on this. You're big on this as a proportion for all of, for all of the uh, Gen X and baby boomer listeners out there, where is Snapchat you think still falling on like percentage usage here, uh, you know, in terms of applications on a mobile phone in a given day for, for the, for the younger cohort out there. I mean, I would, I think pretty much, I think I read a stat that almost like 90% of Gen Z uses Snapchat. Uses it at some point. Yeah, I yeah. can't speak for the older generations. But. Or, or how often they're using it. They have it, but how often they're using it. Yeah. Over 100 million people monthly. That's how many people use Snapchat. Yeah, it's 90% pretty- of people from 13 to 24, which is more than Facebook, Instagram, and Messenger combined, you guys. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, you still you forget how big and, and, and powerful that is. But so Emma, tell us more. Why do you why do you love this? So you would tune into this on Snapchat. This is something you would this would be like must see TV for you, you know, if you're old enough to remember that expression. <laughs> I definitely would because like if you're gonna buy something that's usually streetwear stuff is a little bit more expensive. And I think a lot of people with all the access to the internet that younger people have, they go and watch YouTube videos about like the specs and features of products. But if you can combine like the storytelling with the actual designer or the celebrities, it just gives that added kind of bonus into the experience. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll also just capture lots of people who are on Snapchat are curious what the show is. And then they see this exclusive product available for like a day. I think that's just going to end up being really successful for them. Yeah, and it's more along the lines of what we've been talking about, people going after this idea. And, I mean, you're far more more hip than I am. And by well, far, far more, I mean like six on a scale of five. Well, Thank you. Uh, or a scale of ten, and I'm a five. Uh, what, what do you think? <laughs> well, I think, like Emma said, I mean, the the amount of viewers that you already have on Snapchat and the the that – grasp of that audience is undeniable. I mean, more than half of the Gen Z population has watched at least one of these shows on Snap already. And I don't think it stops there. I mean, I think this is just showing us that this is the future. This is how we're going to be shopping. It's going to be a mix of content and publishers turning into retailers and all of these things happening. I mean, look at, it's not just Gen Z, look at Amazon's making the cut with Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum. Yeah, right. I mean, that show, the st- the product was sold out. It dropped Friday mornings and by like minutes after that dropped and it wasn't just the product, you know, that was the winning product of the show. It was everything in that whole catalog was sold out immediately. So people enjoy shopping like this. It's fun. And so, th- I mean, I- I'm not surprised at all. And I'm kind of curious when we're going to see Facebook and Instagram honestly start to follow suit here because they're they're not doing original content yet um, right. in the same format, but I, they'd be silly not to. Oh, they're doing it a little bit through influencers too, in terms of them, you know, taking advantage sure. of the content they're putting out in in that way, you know. And we'll see. And you've got TikTok hanging out there too, but. Yeah. And you know, what you guys make me think of actually is like, there's, there's, there was this catchphrase for probably the last couple of years. And I know one, one of our loyal listeners will love that I'm about to say this, but like this whole idea of like store as media. And a lot of people have been saying that. And when you, when I hear you guys talk, what I say, what I say is like, can we stop saying that? Cause that almost feels like a crutch in a lot of way for like why stores exist. I think, and what you're saying is like, no media is media. And by the way, retail as media, when you think about traditional media and where that content is played and where the eyeballs are, it's not really going, it's the growth isn't going to be coming from stores. The growth is going to, it might be for some brands, 
but really in mass for retail, the growth is becoming is going to be coming from those new platforms. And you're right, whether it's Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whomever, the battleground is starting to be carved up pretty clearly. I mean, we are routinely talking about this now. And that's why Snapchat enters the equation because it's the first time we've talked about them in a while and they're, they're doing something to this effect. So yeah, I think that's, I think it's an important thing to think about so that we make sure that we've got the innovation eyes and capital budgets, you know, extended in the right places. More on that to come too in future writing. But all right, story number four, who's got that one? I think that's me, right? That's, I think that's me. We're oh, it's you, Anne. Okay. About, yeah, we're going to go right uh, from, from Snap to uh, Instagram announcing yesterday that it's expanding access to Instagram shopping for more businesses. And especially just off of our last story uh, for creators who want to sell their own merchandise on the platform. So think like musicians or people that are influencers who want to sell merch. If you know what I mean, if you have kids that are trying to buy the merch down below, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, what but- the hell are you talking about? I have no oh idea. my gosh. Well, we'll go into you'll it. You'll have to fill me in later. Yeah. Okay. To enable the expansion, though, the company introduced commerce eligibility requirements, which is basically just a set of guidelines that uh, all the interested businesses must adhere to in order to qualify for Instagram selling. Namely, that this cannot be a storefront, which I'm pretty disappointed to hear. I thought this would kind of open up for this, but um, you cannot use this as uh, an affiliate program. So you can't be an influencer and put affiliate links on here. Right. Or Marketplace. Um, Exactly. So you have to be the retailer um, who's got the product. Um, on it could be your own storefront. We should clarify. Yes, it could be it your, could own, be your storefront. own storefront. If you have your own product, you just can't sell other people's product on your page. Um, so I think important things to clarify there, but um, you know, certainly makes sense when you look at what YouTube was doing um, and what Google was doing. And what I'm referencing is all the influencers pointing to the links down below where you can buy their merch. So if I'm surprised Ryan, doesn't Ryan's toy review have that too? Like Mm -hmm. all these guys that are playing, you know, that the kids that are watching the guys play video games, like they have what you're saying. And so now those people have another platform to expand to. They could do this on Instagram. They could do it on, I mean, they can do it on TikTok now too. So, but the yeah. key here too, Ann, right. Is it's like, it's actually like the way that the way it's been pitched this week is like, they're really going after like small, small vendors too, like craft vendors. Like maybe I sell custom made guitars or that's my yep. only thing or custom made recorders going back to my days in second grade, like the Etsy style shops here as well. But you're right. Yeah. It has to be like, it has to all be direct from who's ever making it. Right. Exactly. Emma, Emma, have you, have you been on the Etsy bandwagon? I could see you like dabbling around in that. Has that ever been something you you've tried to do? I sell jewelry on Etsy just because it was the easiest way to do it. But I will like say, I love this for someone like me because in order to get people to find your Etsy, you have to make an Instagram page. And then it just is so much easier if you can just buy someone's product off of Instagram and not get redirected to Etsy and all of that. But I do love Etsy. I love everything it stands for in terms of like, if you really want handmade stuff, Etsy Etsy was the best place to get it. But yeah, I think the Instagram shopping opens up so many possibilities for people who really have only sold on Etsy so far. Well, yeah. and allows the product to be discovered, Emma, not just ha- like an Etsy. You have to go and type in a search for a specific, you know, something with a bird on it, you know? Yeah. 
Definitely. Referencing Portlandia. <laughs> If anybody, was. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess Gary reference. Gary reference. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, it's. I think it's. It's. I think it's super cool that way. I mean, I, if anyone's listening too, the curious thing to me is like, this seems to me like it could be a, a a pretty bad, a bad thing for Etsy in a lot of ways. But I guess it depends on how the two systems will interact with each other and whatnot. But yeah, if anyone has any thoughts on that, that's listening, you know, drop us a line. We'd love to hear about it. Um, and also, if you're watching on video pretty fun look we've got here going taping at night too with the outdoor lighting here emma's fading to black as we go throughout <laughs> this episode so it's, it's pretty amazing all the things that covid will do i should write a dr seuss novel all right well i think i am the bookends on this show so i will hit story number five and i think story number five is it's really interesting and and i talked a lot about this through the course of the week so i'm curious to hear what we all think right now i'm curious to hear what your feedback is too but interesting story here is that you know, coronavirus, and this was the headline in the Wall Street Journal, coronavirus changed everything except TJ Maxx. And so it's been interesting to watch how TJ Maxx has responded across all of its portfolio of brands to, you know, what's been happening out there with the pandemic. Uh, it even stopped at one point, according to the Wall Street Journal, taking online orders during the lockdown and still is even limiting the number of items for sale on its website. Now, it's still hard to read the numbers. I've been following this segment pretty closely with the Placer uh, AI tracker. You know, traffic has still been down, but it's still a question of how many stores are open. According to Wall Street Journal, only 85% of TGX's stores have reopened. And the CEO thinks there is going to be a pretty big surge uh, as things start to open, that people are just kind of waiting in the wings to start spending money. And so he said, quote unquote, strategically, nothing will change for us. I don't know what to make of this. I think I've said before on other shows, I'm like 50-50 on it. God, what do you guys think here? What I mean, is this guy nuts? Is he smarter than everyone else? Like, what's happening? In the dark, Emma. I think... Like my gut tells me it's just a mistake and that like they just need, they need some kind of e-commerce presence. Like you just have to, like, I don't want to go to a store, but I mean, I'll go into a TJ Maxx in my past life and like walk in there. Like I just, it just really feels like a mistake down there. Yeah. You think so? You, yeah. You think, you think you got to do something. Yeah. Like that the, be the ostrich, bury your head in the sand just over time just doesn't work anymore. And, and what do you think? Are you, are you in that camp or not? No, you I guys, wasn't with Burlington like six months ago or whatever the hell that was. So I don't, I don't, I don't. You guys, TJ Maxx is the drop that we just talked about on on Snap. It's the drop for suburban moms everywhere. Like yeah. they, this is their drop. This is like it, an actual palette drop of product that they get to see that's new and different right. every time. So I think for the short term, even like the next 10 to 15 years, I don't see this going away. I do yeah. believe that people are going to still want to go and have this treasure hunt. People love a deal. Now, what I do think is that they have to invest in some forms of technology. And if I were them, I would start to be seriously looking at things like scan and go technology, or how do you make the shopping experience simpler once you get in there? And I think yeah. that over the course of time, as like RFID becomes a constant that's put into apparel and other items, like there, there will be simpler yeah, ways for them. Yes, exactly. Will be simpler ways for them to enable that kind of technology. But I don't know that, you know, I don't know that e-commerce makes a ton of sense. I guess I don't really blame them. I think, again, like uh, somebody kind of going against the grain here this week and doing their own thing, paving their own way. 
they're making this choice to focus right now on what's going to bring them the most amount of revenue the most quickly. And so, you know, it is laser focused on, on just the stores and not, you know, what's going to happen down the road, but I don't know that you can fault them for that right now. Now they're going to be in some, in some serious problem areas if we get shut down again and they can't sell anything. Um, that's definitely something that you have to think about, but, um, but I don't know. I mean, stores are opening back up. People are in there shopping. It's kind of like a, how do you kind of make a, a plan to handle all these scenarios? Okay. I guess. So not that you're okay with it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still feel like I'm on, I'm more on the, like, you should be doing something. Like, I feel like, I feel like, like we just talked about Tanger. Thank you for the pronunciation. Like sure. Tanger's doing this thing, which isn't that dissimilar than what we're talking about here. Um, you know, like you could easily get a try to get a web presence up and, you know, have people doing something to that degree. And who's to say somebody's not going to blow that business model out more in the future uh, and try to do it more overtly, you know, on a more regular basis. You've still got the point of COVID, like you said, of like, is this thing going to snap back? You know, I still am kind of leaning towards that, that, you know, you're not going to get, you might get to back to normal for a period of time across a few states, but it's going to be tough to maintain that. You know, and then what other business models are out there? I mean, I was looking at, you know, there's Otrium, I think if I'm saying that right, you know, 20, I think $26 million in funding recently, or basically they're the outlet clearinghouse for fashion. So there's, there's online business models that are trying to figure out what the UX is for this. It's always been difficult to do online, but it's coming. And so I would be, I would definitely have an eye out there in terms of what's going on and who could disrupt me and be paying really close attention to them. If I'm just basically like saying, I'm going to conserve cash and not do any experimentation myself, because God knows you might need to look at them a little harder and maybe you can put that cash to use down the line. But I, yeah, I don't know. Like, and maybe it's just disinformation. Maybe it's just, Hey, we're not doing anything, but behind the scenes, they are taking that approach. It's hard to know, but yeah, it's, it, it just, doesn't seem like the best of moves for me right now, given everything that's happening. Now's the time to be experimenting, not to, not to retrench. I don't know. Any final words on that? You guys? I don't know. Not that I, I mean, I I don't think that there's much more to add there, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see what, you know, a lot of it depends. I think, like we said on what happens with the virus and what people are able to go out and do, because I do think that there's some value in yes, I mean, you have the individual retailers who are probably figuring out ways to hold on to their inventory longer and figure out ways to sell it through, you know, those other channels. But there is still something nice about, you know, I, I know I need a dress and now I have all of these brands and I kind of don't know what I'm going to find, but I know that I'm going to get a good deal on it instead mm-hmm. of having to search each retailer independently mm-hmm. that I think is still an appeal for a lot of people. Yeah. And you made me think of something too there. And um, I think implicitly in what you said at the very beginning was like, the other thing is like, we are such a, like what's happened lately culture now, and especially in the media, especially around this virus. And so like, while this surge is coming, regardless, uh, I'm sorry, while the reopening is coming, I said that incorrectly, while the reopening is coming, like, regardless of whether you think there'll be like a second wave of the virus or whatever, what we don't know is until like, until there's, you know, a treatment or inoculation or whatever it is, we don't know what the actual natural level of shopping is going to be. So like, that's the other like thing out there. Like the first month, first two months could be great, but then we could just be looking at like down five, down 10, you know, ongoing 
just because there are some people that are fearful. And that's just, you know, that's just really, you know, really hard to understand, which is why I think you're seeing what you're seeing with Macy's too. So. Yeah. Well, especially right now too. I mean, you, we have this unique position that we're in with the financial crisis that we're experiencing where people still yeah, have money money. right now. Yeah. Like, well, they, they do, they still right. have they still money right now, yeah, right. technically, but or are being helped. You know, Still. Exactly. But once unemployment runs out, you know, will they still have the money and will they still want the the hunt of a, a TJ Maxx or home goods trip? Yeah. And I was talking to somebody too, like you can literally see the correlations between the stimulus money and some of the volume that's been done in retail. Like I was talking to somebody that uh, looks at that kind of thing a lot and that you're definitely seeing out that, that, that out there uh, as well. And I think they're going to be, pretty, once we get that report, we can, we can talk about it more, but uh, pretty interesting stuff. Um, all right. What do you got? Big plans this weekend, you guys? And uh, Emma, when are you coming back? What's, what's going on? Are you coming back? That's or a good is, question. Is the sun not, just setting in Michigan permanently? <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> I wish. It's so beautiful here. I might, we have to come back to Minneapolis to grab a few things, but I think we're going to head back to New York. We were invited to go down to a beach in Delaware with some family. So I think I'm just going to be on the road the whole summer. Living the life, Emma. Good for yeah, you. Might as, might as well. And what do you have going this weekend? Anything? Uh, I am going to be playing a lot of backyard baseball, Chris, throwing, throwing the old ball around. Yeah. You got the old mitt. Is it oiled up and ready to go? Oh yeah. We're, we are good to go. Nice. Very good. Very good. Wow. I I would actually pay to see that. So send me a video of that. That would be, that'd be fun to watch. I don't know. No plans. No plans. I got the kids going in. I've got a lot of soccer going on in the backyard. Probably why I'm wearing the clearly Royal tracksuit today for those watching on video. Uh, But yeah, no, I'm just hanging with the kids, hanging with Mrs. Omni talk, probably talking to her more about the dog she's planning to get because I'm so enthusiastic. That You are getting let's, this is a we statement we're using. No, I'm just in like most things in life just along for the ride but anyway on that note and can omnitalk listeners submit all other name options for the the bernie poo what's it called bernie poo uh uh bernie doodle not bernie, bernie doodle sorry bernie to bernie poo is something that dog you- does later uh, uh but like but uh yeah no actually omnitalk listeners sure send us names of the dog if we'll figure out something nice if we pick one we'll do something nice for if you pick a great name for a dog uh something retail related of course would be really funny um i feel like i could make that work potentially given that i've caved into the dog but uh hey thanks for listening to us got a little funky tonight it's nighttime when we're recording so you always get a little bit weird we appreciate you sticking with us if you haven't yet make sure to like review and subscribe to our podcast And make sure to listen to our podcast and our videos wherever you listen to your podcast and videos. And as always, 